0: It's Monday, October 17th, 2016, and you're listening to episode 418 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 45 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name is Chad. This is Brodor. Alrighty, we got some con-related stuff we're going to talk about first, which is actually going to lead into our topic. Get out your calendars and pencil in the dates June 22nd to 24th of 2017, because the 23rd and 24th are right now the placeholder dates for Fear the Con 10. I asked why we didn't have a Fear the Con 9 and have been informed that that just got rounded off. So (laughs) we're going from Fear the Con 8 to 10. But anyway, if you're the content, it looks like it's going to be on June 23rd and 24th. There's going to be a Kickstarter again to try and fund the con. And if goal for Wing Night is hit or some kind of social mixer beforehand, that will be on June 22nd. Now, we'll be keeping you guys posted as we get the details on it. Uh, the guys that did DrewCon did an excellent job. And they have offered to come back and to help us make Fear the Con happen in a way that's not quite as taxing on us, which is something that we appreciate. And they also did a great job, to be honest, with, with Drew Con. They did a wonderful job. So we are going to be involved in this. This is not a purely fan driven con, this is an official Fear the Con, uh, but there's going to be some more involvement from
1: some of our listeners in terms of getting it planned. You know, I was waiting intently for the dates because I hadn't heard him yet until he just read them. So I had my phone up at the Superman celebration looking (laughs) at the weekend just to make sure he didn't say it was the same weekend. I should
0: have, even though it's not, just to upset you, Wayne.
2: So this is how my special brand of crazy works. I didn't hear the dates because I was immediately thinking about a J.J. Abrams-esque Fear the Con 9 lost style one-shot rpg to be <laughs> run at fear the content like a, i like that yeah. fear the con
0: 9 is like the found footage con yeah. that we just <laughs> we don't talk about anymore like fear the con 9 is where like johan was killed and, and, and <laughs> julia was killed and but her baby has come back to avenge her yes kid. and chris is off doing I don't know whatever it is he does between his regeneration cycle. so he's <laughs> off fucking like some distant mountain range, maybe raising Julius Child right. to, be, it. to be, to uh, be, yeah, the return, right? To come back down into the village and avenge.
2: So then we have the act one death of Chris yep. basically, you know, <laughs> handing his cane over. It's so friggin' old, handing his cane over to the now toddler to go yep. wreak vengeance. Yep. Help the old one
0: hussy.
1: I <laughs> only hope
2: he is an old one
3: hussy. So
0: <laughs> anyways, those are the dates on Fear the Content. We will get you details as we get them ourselves, but do mark that off on your
1: calendar, cause it's gonna be good. You run the missing fear the con nine. I'm going to run the game where Pat, you know, just busts out and kills everyone. <laughs> the, well, I have to do your the, game I, is to survive, Pat. I think on the, a golf course, well, <laughs> one of us, chat,
2: chatter myself, one of us has to do all puppies go to Valhalla, right? Because that's a game I want to play. I
3: want to play that, Wayne. Right.
0: I am with you. That would be a great con game. Starts in media res. okay. You're on a
3: golf. You're course. on a golf course.
0: <laughs> Pat is there. Brodor is dead.
2: <laughs> Brodor is dead.
0: Roll for initiative. <laughs> and like the characters, I like. I don't know. Pat might be an NPC or he might be a PC. But then somebody gets to play me somebody gets to play wayne
3: and then the harlem globe they're not actually if yeah. you know, they're just playing through exactly and, stop
0: and, and, then... and you can be like the other characters can be like the pretentious white guy that's at the clubhouse nearby. why are you going
1: to get me when you say the pretentious white guy you know, the ghost of arnold pulver who can't actually interact with anything and he can only say one line not in my name <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so Brodor, you were at a local convention that I've been somewhat
2: avoiding, which is Archon. And while you were at Archon I don't go because it's boring as Well, okay. All right. So before before we get into my man crush, right? Uh. Uh-huh. Oh, I know you're listening. <laughs> so, um basically, I I don't know if I should admit this on the mics. So I did not pay for a badge. <gasps> well, I've now, done that at Archon. So, before. but here's here's the deal. It's I am not going to disparage the show. However, what I will say is, for me as a con goer, oh, with think, the show meaning Archon, I think I'm in fear the boot. I'm no, like, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm sorry.
0: What I said, like, show, I meant, yeah. Do we con. need to go out to the golf course? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, so the convention is not my cup of tea for a variety of reasons. However, the drinking and people watching mm. is. Remarkably
3: fun, and that's so, the bulk of the convention right there.
2: Right, so the the cosplay community is really fun. The costume contest aftermath is a lot of fun, and so just going and having wait, well, wait, hey, not not the costume contest, but the, the aftermath. Again, I'm trying to I'm trying to not disparage. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh no, 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 oh, no. Oh, the commentary, right? What
0: is <laughs> the aftermath? The,
2: oh. so, so it's just it's just the costume contest is over. People have survived this sort of you know. So... <sighs> attempt at comedy that was the emceeing of the costume contest. Okay. And now
3: they're all are out. You
2: disparaging they're, Vic Milan? Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> author <laughs>
3: about town?
2: <laughs> so I, I mean, everybody's heard the Glenn Cook story. They know how I feel about Archon. But my point is is that people are just milling about. They're wearing their costumes from the costume contest and they're drinking. There's room parties and people are just having a lot of fun. So my buddies and I will go and because we're not paying for the convention mm-hmm. and we're, so we're not drinking the free beer that, you know, is barely called beer. You know, it's barely beer by definition. We'll go, we'll load up coolers in the back of the trunk, we'll hang out, we'll have way too many adult beverages, and we'll just socialize and people watch and, you know, and what have you. It's a lot of fun. So anyway, I'm in the dance hall and the DJ is going and I see this, you know, very handsome young man. And I realized that it's Pete, whom I had met at Origins mm-hmm. like a year ago before. Okay. right? And I was like, what, Peter? And he's like, don't call me Peter. And that was later in the evening. Anyway, so I was like, we started hanging out and, you know, just BSing. And I was like, what are you doing at this sh-? show but
3: he's like and, I'm, <laughs> I'm just standing here looking good
2: well wow. <laughs> he's like i'm just standing here being beautiful right <laughs> and so we we start talking and it turns out that pete had written his own role playing game and he's been going to conventions within you know reasonable driving distance for him in chicago and demoing his game and getting word of mouth out there now pete did not ask for any solicitation whatsoever he just happens to be a fan of the show you and, on the other hand solicited him repeatedly from what, uh, I understand, she, from okay, what i've heard right well shot down now don't be jealous, don't no, be too no. jealous. Hey. <laughs> but so i started talking to pete about you know about his game and his experiences right in the game and now at this point i'm really really intoxicated so i don't remember a whole lot right. however the thing that was really intriguing and innovative about about pete's game and pete i'm sorry that if i'm i'm butchering this obviously you'll do a much better job of pitching your game than i will but the thing that stuck with me is at the beginning of the game session you sit down and the player characters as a collector as a group, as a group template, decide what is their campaign objective. Not individually, but collectively, right? and sort of rules light fiasco-esque very sort of chad style game is what he was describing and it sounded super super interesting but he's a booter he's a super super nice guy he's not hard to look at and so i thought (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and uh i want to give him a shout out on the show because it was really a good time running into him and and chatting about games all right
1: what broder tells us about this guy he tells us about the game and a little bit about him and then spends like 10 minutes describing (laughs) how he looks
3: yeah how beautiful the man is not Uh, handsome so, I'm not wow, that's a good looking man, but how beautiful. He hey, is. back off.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm already in competition with one young lady. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: Broder and to break. Pete, I'm kidding. I'm, I don't actually have a crush on you. Yeah. And, and Broder's yeah. also not young.
3: So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I can be a lady. <laughs> I doubt me, that. Me and uh, Buffalo Bill, <laughs> I'd f me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uh,
0: something else I think Pat said on the golf course. <laughs> All right, so if you're interested in Pete's game, now th- something about Pete's game is what we're going to talk about this show, Brodor.
3: Not the fact that he has game, right?
0: Or, or we're not, <laughs> and nor are we talking about his Peter game or <laughs> whatever topic you've got in mind. But his game is called Dream Chaser. And I will put a link like an Elton John song. Actually, it is closer to a was Gary Wright song. Are you talking about Dream Weaver? Dream Weaver. Yes, that's Gary Wright, I think, is the guy who sings that song. But you can find that at www.imagininggames.com. And as always, if you don't want to carve that into your arm, I will put it in the (laughs) show notes. If you do want to carve it into your arm, Well, you can go to the website there and send Pete a picture of that. I'm sure he'd appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Post it to Twitter, hashtag PeteGotGame. Yes. (laughs) Don't do
0: this. (laughs) So, but what Broder was telling us about this game, now I'm going to fully admit, I was not at Archon. Archon, I mean, Broder's right. It's a good convention if you want a party and people watching. And it does actually have a pretty good panel track. I
2: was actually just going to say it has a really good good panel track.
0: But if you are looking for more of an immersive geek con, this is not Gen Con. All right. So it's a different sort of convention. It's much more of the
3: largest convention in Missouri that isn't in Missouri. I
0: thought I thought Geekway had actually probably Geekway uh, is getting
2: huge. Yeah, I thought Geekway had actually beaten it. Oh, we're getting big. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't I don't think that our attendance eclipses theirs. I don't know their exact numbers. You say we are you involved in running Geekway? So, yeah, I actually, not long after I left the shop, one of the board members and owners of the convention asked me if I would be interested in becoming a board member. And then a few months later, that became a reality. So I was involved. I am a board member, but I was peripherally involved with the convention last year. Uh Mostly what I did was observe and then do uh, some manual labor and just kind of help. And, and I did a lot of watching, learning, and seeing how things go. Now, we're gearing up for the 2017 Geekway, and I'll be a, a little bit more involved with the organization of the vendors and the vendor halls. Okay. Yeah, along with a couple of other board members. Cool. You
1: know, Chad, it doesn't really matter which one had more this year, because WorldCom was in Kansas City, and that actually is in Missouri. Yes. It was on the Missouri side. Okay, because Kansas City and St. Louis are both kind of weird in that they
0: are straddling states. St. Louis is partially in Missouri, partially in Illinois, and Kansas City is partially in Missouri, partially in Kansas. So the point being here, I was not at the convention. It's just not my scene. And I have not looked at this role-playing game. This is this card here that Broder gave me is literally the, the first contact I
2: had with this game. But as Breyer I didn't give you that card I lent it to you because Pete touched that card I'm taking it home <laughs> right. you gonna have it back and I'm amputating my left hand <laughs>
0: Pete's Spunk is on that car. I keeping it. I'm actually much more worried that Brodour spunk is on that car. I
3: won't you can
0: you can keep
2: it. It's fine. Uh, No, no,
0: no. no, Notice
3: how he did not deny the spunk. No.
2: No, no, that's all yours. Well, I don't want you to forget for the show notes and stuff. So God damn it. I wonder what what does surgical gloves cost? I'm sure Pat knows. Not much. I'm sure
1: Pat knows.
0: So Broder, if you have, like, a copy of his game up your ass for some reason, I just, don't even tell us. Let's, let's just, but, all right, the point being here, I, I this is the first I've been exposed to this game, all right? But one of the things that immediately caught my attention about it was, Broder, as you were describing it, once again, accepting that we may be butchering how this game works, so please go to the website or contact Pete and ask him directly, or maybe we'll have him on for an interview or something to talk about how his game really plays and we'll just make crap up in the meantime. If you
1: bring him into the room and Brodor's in the room, oh, no. I am not on that episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in the it. room with it. <laughs> I'll
0: hold the camera. Uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking is I may just put like Pete Brodor and Pat in a room together <laughs> and just seal it off <laughs> or and burn the house. And it, yeah, exactly that. I may be moving some, soon So that may be like the final thing that happens in this house before all like poltergeist style. It just ceases to exist. What do you
3: hate? Love?
2: It's it's <laughs> the look on your face.
3: Uh, I wish
2: this was a Twitch channel.
3: Sometimes. So,
1: look, well there's twitching involved, <laughs> sure.
0: but. One of the things that he was talking about this game that sounded really fast. I
2: mean, the hook, man, the the thing. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. All
0: right. So we've always been big proponents of something we created called the group template, right? Which the idea is that when you start off role playing game, you sit down and you first template out what the group is about, why the party members are together, what experiences they've shared, what values they share. And the idea is twofold, which is one to save the Game Master the cat herding of trying to have the get-together game, which is always really annoying. You see
3: an interesting person across the bar. Yeah. It's Wayne's character. I don't talk to him. I'm going to be over here aloof. Yeah. You mother...
2: <laughs> you shot at my game. <laughs> right. That's all I know.
3: And
0: the second reason is because it guarantees that the Game Master has some sense of what motivates the party... And can have some confidence that the party will generally stay together. It's not going to be like an hour and they'll hate each other for no particular reason. So, and this doesn't fix all that, but it, it greatly mm-hmm. helps. It
1: mitigates it a lot. It makes it harder for us to come up with the reasons why we hate each other. That's right. But, what could there be an anti group template? Uh, a
3: template that the group makes of why they hate each other, why they don't want to work together, why they specifically don't know each other and have never met. And then the challenge is to run an effective game like that.
1: You could do a suicide squad game like you that. You could,
3: yeah, exactly. Like you're forced squad. to by the government. Yeah. yeah, you're all in jail or something. You're all you're all drafted on a on a spaceship going somewhere. Or you're like in a chain gang. Right. Your goal is to get away from yeah, each other. Yeah, you hate each other, but You can only... The only way to survive
0: and escape... Wait a minute. Uh I've got it. This is the perfect setup for I have to get away, but there's parameters on how I can do this, right? So it's a game where you have these like little chips or something that represent your social capital Mm -hmm. with your significant other, all right? Now, in this game, you either have to... The player has to be male or be at least playing a male character. And what's happened is your significant other, and all our girlfriends have gotten together. And of course, because you're men, you clearly must have man things in common. So you've all been dumped around a table. Oh, so this game takes place in Ikea store. Yes, an Ikea store, any number of places. And you have been told to somehow socialize about sports and video games and Pete, for the next several hours and you have to get away from that situation and like your significant other if she sees you will herd you back in. But you have to hold her purse.
2: And Everybody so, is holding no, no, her no. purse. No. I will, I will watch well, it. <laughs> if someone tries to take it I will do my damnedest to stop them. But each I'm not holding s-
0: purse. <laughs> each time you get busted or you do something too over the top like you insult one of the other people at the table uh. you lose one of your likelihood of getting laid chips (laughs) and what you have to try and do is escape the table with as many chips as possible and whoever gets out of there with the most chips wins but it's like a gambling type game because the Uh person that makes it there to the end was the good boyfriend or good husband so they automatically get like a bonus of three for Uh being the last one present but see holding the purse that might be worth like a chip yeah, it sounds
2: like it. That's,
3: <laughs> That's what you've heard. But
2: does the show even have a point anymore? Yeah, uh, we were talking about the brilliance right, right, okay. of. But then he, we
0: made a game. Right, and then we made it a different really game. really terrible. So forget Pete's game. We have this great <laughs> game we're coming out. <laughs> I don't know about great, but. but... All right, so this Dream Chaser game, what it adds or what it, it does that reminds me of the group template... The positive it, one. Yes, is one of the questions that it asks at the start of the game is what is it that your party as a whole is trying to accomplish? What is the dream they're working toward? Now, after a whole 30 seconds of skimming the website (laughs) and probably missing the point of the game, it struck me that things might be like, we're a bunch of high school buddies and we want to start a rock band, Mm. right? Because we're not Gonna work in whatever right. job we're totally. The goal is to make it big, right? The goal is we're gonna we're gonna get a big record deal or whatever, and we're
1: gonna have a rock right. band. And you have that goal in mind. My it, character's name is Bill, and then Broder will be playing Ted. Our band is Wild Stallions. Just saying. Then what are Dan and I? Pat's victims. I don't care. Socrates <laughs> okay. and Napoleon.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: So Socrates. <laughs> Thank so, you very sorry. much.
2: I was, I was not
3: in character. <laughs> but this is why we don't game with you. <laughs> and Chris Hussey is Rufus.
1: <laughs>
0: or Chris Hussey is so great except there was no time travel. <laughs> That's true, he just <laughs> waited. Just waited. <laughs> He's like, he knew the date and time that they would be there. It's like something out of Back to the Future. But anyway, so what that got me thinking about beyond that was that when I play a lot of RPGs, and I've, I've seen this certainly happen with other people, Chad, I know this happens mm-hmm. to you all the time. And I'll, I'll even give a ex- specific example of how it happens, which is people come into a game with what, I'm going to call firm goals and soft goals. Mm. And the firm objectives might be things like, okay, we want to have a functional group. We want to have a good time. We don't want any drama at the table. We don't want to deal with subject matter that's traumatic to one or more person. You know, These are the things that we need in order for the game to be a socially viable thing at all. But then there are these soft goals that are usually going to be idiosyncratic to an individual for example the game master wants to really explore a certain theme or maybe has this really badass scene that they want to have happen somewhere in the game or they would love to see somebody's character go in a certain direction and the players might have them as well for example chad you've played a lot of characters where you wanted to see a redemption story Mm -hmm. and far more often than not indeed by the best of my recollection all of the time (laughs)
1: that redemption story doesn't occur. Yeah, I, I quit doing that. I, I As a as a GM, I, of course, I do this constantly. Right. But as a player, I quit coming in with character arc expectations and things I want to happen in the beginning of the right. game because it's not going to happen. Probably six, seven games in, I won't even want that anymore because now the character is more fleshed out. Sure. It's played with other well, characters. And so I've just... I've quit coming in with it, and I've let it develop naturally... Because any time I've actually tried to make something like that happen, it's always turned out horrible.
3: Well, I don't know. I, I I have done redemption arcs before where the character did, at least in my mind, get redeemed. And it's usually not in a way you'd expect. Like maybe they die
1: or something like that. But That's how I'd expect. Yeah.
3: Oh, actually, but, yeah, I do take that back. The, yeah.
0: the All-Stars game yep. we played. We played something we called the All-Stars game where it was a group of four of us and we took our favorite characters of all time from any game that we'd ever played. And this and, was like
3: 20 years
0: ago. Yeah, and, and we put them into like a setting that does a pretty good job of handling characters from any setting. So we were all playing our personal favorite characters, and Chad's character in there was someone who's on a very destructive path, mm-hmm. and the game did end with him dying in a
3: semi-redemptive
0: way. Right. Sort of. But anyways, go on.
3: Yeah. But uh, I think that... As a player, it's kind of if you make an arc or if you if you want something with your character that has an arc where you want to like redemption or you want a big heroic moment or you want to get the girl or you want to, you know, whatever, you know, you have this goal. Don't rely on the game master to deliver that to you on a plate because they've got a game to run. They've got to handle all the NPCs. They got to handle the plot and stuff. And they also have a whole bunch of other people around the table where they're trying to kind of weave in some of their plot threads of those characters into the game to make this big sort of mosaic. And that detail of your character might get rolled in there, and it might not. So if you have this goal for the character, it needs to be a goal that you pursue. And that not one that you hold the game master to. It's like okay, we're at the end of the game. It's like well, I never got the horse I wanted. I never got this big moment. I, I never. I had this big nemesis in my background that killed my parents, and I was gonna. I wanted to confront him and get revenge, but then at the last moment, stop and let him live and forgive him. And it's just like then maybe you should. I don't know. Run your own game with that. Yeah. It's, so,
1: well, Chad, as an example in our current game, I came in with no goals or expectations for the character i wanted to see how the character mesh where i'm at right now the character has a ton of goals but sure. that's just what the character has i have one goal for my character and i'm curious if you have any idea what it is more whores <laughs> she's a yeah. madam
3: that's one of her, that's her sideline is it
1: she's basically she runs the you know she does run the brothel to create a safe place for the women that were on the street. She's trying to protect them by giving them a place where they can do business with guards and all that. But no, my goal for the character is for her to end up in a relationship with one of the demons.
3: Oh, yeah. I have these two demon characters that
1: i was gonna say okay. without context that sounds right. like the worst
3: <laughs> so don't think of them as demons like red horns blah, and i'm gonna eat souls and they're all like that sort of extra they, planar beings right right okay. and they're they're very intelligent and but they're kind of different and but they're humanoid well and actually less. if you go really follow the
0: etymology back right that's actually what the word demon means anyway yeah uh the the concept we have of demon today where when you say that word you're you're typically referring Evil, to malevolent, you're, a fallen you're angel, right? You're Referring yeah. to a malevolent fallen angel.
1: Yeah, and going and th-
0: back, it's it's actually just meant mm-hmm. a supernatural power that was and, not yep. a god. And
1: in this setting, that's the case. Of right. course, everyone else at the table has this connotation it, of how horrible yeah. it is. But you'll notice I have done things to take advantage right. when you bring them in. I don't expect you to spoon feed my mm-hmm. goal to me. I am trying to make that happen. Yeah. But collectively, mm-hmm. the strays
2: have a goal, right? That's the thing I think that is interesting about Pete's idea is that from the onset, using Dan's example, Mm -hmm. we are going to build a band, right? Right. The strays are going to take over the city and control all the gangs in some sort of organized crime fashion, right? right? For me as a game master, one of the things that I always struggle with is I've always looked at it as my responsibility as the game master to lead the story to to basically choose the destination Mm -hmm. and that everybody else is riding in the car now they can affect where we go but i don't put any responsibility on the party yeah the players to pick the destination right and the thing that fascinates me about this idea is right out of the gate you guys tell me the destination i'll figure out you know i'll get the maps out I'll figure out where the best hotels are, where the (laughs) best places to stop are. But you guys have chosen the destination. You can still do your interpersonal goals, your own character arcs along the way. But together, we've picked a place we want to go. Now let's get there together. I
0: think one of the advantages of this way of looking at a game is if you really look at what the thinking was behind the group template, it was trying to put in front of everybody a common understanding of what the motivations of the party were, what what the overall gestalt of the party. It gets
3: everybody on the same page. Exactly. It gets everybody on the same page. A lot of this actually came, a lot of the lessons of this, I believe, came from Battletech, where it's essentially, you you get these people who are mech warriors, and nobody wants to play house guards, and nobody wants to play, you know, these special forces, or nobody wants to play mercenaries. Everybody wants to be this beautiful and unique snowflake. Well, that means you're in this big, you know, hundred ton killing machine and you have a lot of power. And then you have, you make these characters and they have a lot of influence potentially. And one guy, he wants to do it for the money. And then you have another guy, he wants to do it for revenge. And then you have another guy, he wants to do it to bring glory to whatever he's aligned with. The honor of his house. Uh, yeah. Right? Honor of his house. In Battletech, because it's so, uh, I think rigid is the wrong. It's, it's a military sci-fi game. So there's a certain amount of rigidity to it. If those don't align, You can't really work as a team, and Battletech is a lot about being a team. Well, the other place it came from, really, the two
0: things is, one, I got tired of cat Mm herding. I got tired of the, okay, you're in a tavern. Right. You see a suspicious-looking guy, blah, blah, blah. Go talk to
3: Wayne's character. No, uh, I'm
0: so aloof. But then I had also too many games across too many systems Mm -hmm. where once they all meet each other, they have no motivation right. to care about the same thing. So, I you know, want to
1: get revenge for yeah. my father this, on
0: adventure and then why are we still together? Right. But right. what this does is this sets out not just what got people together in the first place, but it gives you a sense that the party has a forward goal in mind. There's something that you know they're working toward. And at the individual level, you can also start to learn what's motivating the individual characters. Now I will say conversely, something that I would definitely warn against here is Wayne, you were talking about how this works until you actually see how the game plays out. And I, I completely agree with that. When I was shaping some of my outline for this show in my head, that was one of the immediate things I thought about is you have to balance this carefully Partially for the reason Chad said, which is, look, the Game Master has an enormous amount going on, so you're going to need some grassroots cooperation here. You as a player have to work with the other players to do it. But on top of that, you may get into the game and the way that the plot unfolds or the way that the characters develop, suddenly those goals either become impossible or they change. You know, let's take, we're all trying to form a band, but... On the first show, there's a suspicious death of one of our family members or something. And now all of a sudden, we're a lot less interested in forming the band than we are trying to suss out this killer.
2: You could also take the long view of that, too. Where you say, all like, sweet songs we're going to write about the death of this person. Right. And our con- uh, the, the conquest of their murderer. Where and we discover who it is and we bring them to justice. And then
0: like hiding, just hiding <laughs> clues about their identity in the song just to screw with them, to drive them slowly mad. See, but the police think I, I you think you we've
2: all, it. I think that I think until that they guilt themselves yeah, into confessing I think we've jumped this hurdle. All
3: right. Yeah. So what I was more thinking of is, you know, yeah, the, the murder happens, whatever and you go and investigate, and you do it, and you take care of it, we've solved it, well, you still have that goal. So a lot of groups that don't do this would be like, okay, well, we solved and avenged and got justice, and why are we still together? Because we're still playing in the garage. For the music, man, for the music. When I look
1: at some of the best games I've ever played in, a lot of them started with a group Mm -hmm. that had a long-term goal. I look back at my very first game, the Skies of Glass game, Right. It was a group of you know young characters whose goal was to become mercenaries. They had a company, and they were driving that, and they were improving that, and that was the, the goal. That was what was keeping everyone together, mission after mission after mission, and that to this day is one of my favorite games. You know, Wayne, what we're
0: talking about here may have saved that game, or, or if it had been done, might have saved that game. Because there was a huge disconnect between what the players wanted out of that game and what I, as the game master, wanted out of that game. And in retrospect, as I've had, you know, all these years to kind of dissect that game, I don't think they were incompatible. But there was a disconnect there that was sufficient because, you know, we might communicate enough to be like, okay, this is how your characters know each other. This is what their common goals are. This saves me having to herd cats or having to try and... Intuit what I can dangle in front of you to motivate you. But that doesn't mean that I have any confidence that what occurs thereafter is actually satisfying the reason, the motivation that brought you as a player or me as a game master to that table. Because, I mean, I know it's it's true to say that we are here for the social engagement. We're here for hanging
1: out with our friends. And all these things are true. Or in my case, because Jan said, hey, you should try role playing games. You have this whole geek catalog
3: at the time, and it, was, had, a, it had a big hole in it and that hole was you had no clue and about that Chad? and I had to fill it <laughs> Pete wasn't there so <laughs> I know Chad, <laughs> Chad had to hop in there
2: but, oh my god I feel so terrible because Pete's gotta be uncomfortable with this because I'm not <laughs> I'm not actually into him but boy this has been fun oh uh, yeah or he's
0: glowing <laughs> like,
1: yeah. It's like yes uh, I've got him <laughs> He is
0: mine <laughs> yeah maybe he wants to go in through the bro door I
1: mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean Oh,
0: I, I, I don't have a hey, group template for this. That's better us.
1: than Pro job. <laughs> We don't
0: judge to your face. <laughs> but anyway, the point being, though, that it gives you a sense that you are sating a metagame desire, which is part of what motivates you to be there. I mean, it's the same as when I watch a TV show or movie. When I sit down to watch a movie, particularly if I've seen the trailers, there's something I'm expecting to get out of this and it could turn out to be a pretty good movie or tv show but because it was not at all what i expected i walk away feeling unsatisfied great case in point was there was a movie uh, starring i think it was denzel washington that came out a couple years was back was he a cop that nobody understands no he was actually an airline pilot that nobody, that nobody understands <laughs> ah, yeah. but the setup of the of the movie is that He's flying an airplane. He's the pilot and he's trying to land.
3: So, where he's now colic?
0: Yes. Yeah. And he's trying to land the plane, but he cannot pitch up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, he can't pitch the nose up because when a plane lands, for anyone who's not watched a plane land, you, you raise the nose on most planes and hit down with the back wheels and drop to the front. So, his problem he had was he was nose down, which basically means he's going to, you know, lawn dart. He, it's going to kill everybody. So, what his plan is is he rolls the plane upside down. So now diving the plane is actually pointing the nose up. And then at the very last second before landing, rolls the plane back over so its nose is up. And it's right side up and lands, okay? Now, this is actually based on a real story, except in a real story, the plan didn't work and everybody died. <laughs>
3: Phenomenal. <laughs>
0: but, wow. <laughs> but in this telling of it... Well, thank God for movies. <laughs> yeah. But in this telling of it, they... they Based on that event, but it's a fictionalized version where he actually succeeds and a handful of people get injured and a handful get killed. But the majority of the but people,
2: everybody sues, <laughs> but the majority
0: of the people walk away. And that's the movie because that's what was in the trailers. That's the movie that I was expecting to see it was basically a Miracle on the Hudson type movie before the Miracle on the Hudson had even occurred. Right. So this is what I think I'm going in to watch as some kind of an airplane thriller. That's not what it was at all. The entire movie, that plain thing happens like within the first little bit of the movie, and all of the rest of it is like an after school special on substance abuse. It's about his alcoholism and these really implausible situations that keep making him fall off the train again and again and again and again, all the way up to the climax of the movie where like all he has to do is is stay vaguely sober for one more FAA hearing, mm-hmm. and he can't do it. And it's just it, it's like I said, it really pushes credulity. And when we walked out of there, we were like, "Wow, did we,
3: did we walk in the wrong
0: movie?" That was really not what we wanted at all. <laughs> this is not even vaguely the movie that we were expecting to see. And you know, that's what this. Fixes mm. is you know it fixes and and that's now that's not to say the movie was terrible if I take it purely on its own merits of what it was I was mismarketed to right now when I market a role playing game even if I'm not telling you what the plot's going to be like or whatever we're all forming expectations in our head of what we want to see happen and either of those get satisfied or. They don't, but you like what happened anyway, or they don't and you don't like what happened or you didn't get anything out of it. And so even if the group remained coherent and and adhered to the group template and you got along and you got through the plot and whatever, you're just at the end of it like, wow, I really did not enjoy that game in the least. This is not what I wanted out of this. It'd be like getting great beefy
2: flavor out of a Cadbury cream egg. (laughs) That sounds it, delicious. It, Going into Jonah Hex,
1: expecting a story.
2: <laughs> it, it provides for me a context that I often do not have when I set out to run a game. So much so that the current game that I'm running, I think that I want to sit down with my players at the beginning of the next session and have this exact conversation about... We all have our individual goals. And in fact, the last couple of game sessions were really about everyone coalescing behind one character so that that character could accomplish a goal that was peripheral to the goals of another character. But collectively as a group, we haven't really sat down and said, what is the purpose of the party? What's the ultimate goal of the party. We haven't done that. I've never really had any inspiration to do that. Sure. We've just kind of gone and done and had fun. And I think I would go a
0: step beyond that to say, perhaps it's worth asking the metagame question of what is it you want out of this game? Right? No, I absolutely agree with you. You know, what are the types of things that that you're after in this
1: game? Hookers and blow. I think
2: that for me, lately, just being on the show and talking about gaming, something that it's really inspired me to do is, well,
3: he's
2: quite dashing, but <laughs> my, but it's it's inspired me. To do not only some internal auditing about myself as a gamer and game master, but it's really inspired me to work with my players individually via email and you know phone calls, whatever. See, you're you. doing it
3: wrong. You gotta stop doing that. You have to run the worst game you possibly can so you have material <laughs> for the show. No, but I but I wanna <laughs> That's what we do it. But yes. I wanna but
2: I wanna audit the game, right? And so doing it individually is great. But then also I try I've, I've lately with the index cards and other experiments. Just just audit the game, you know, while the game's going on with the, with everybody at the table, you know, talk about where you know where we've been, but now actually, okay, let's together pick a destination.
3: I run a game differently. Not to say that the template thing is a bad idea at all. I, I think it's a great idea. I think it's very helpful for the the players, and it shows the game master kind of a guide light, but. What I like to do is I like to kind of come up with some concepts, some themes, and I, I want to create a world. Mm-hmm. And the world is moving and going and things are happening. And then the players are, as realistically as possible, inserted into the game. And then from there, then they start affecting the game. But I they still, could do whatever they want. I run very similarly to that. Yeah. The problem that I run into personally
2: is that oftentimes I will lose focus mm. because the players are doing and influencing, and I find it challenging to bring them back together. I mean, I can roll with them and in their yeah. individual desires and you know personal goals, and even if those personal goals align to a larger group goal, but yeah. I've never I've never done something this particularly focused before. Right? You know, Chad,
0: it's actually kind of interesting as broder was talking i was thinking back to that all-stars game i mentioned mm-hmm. before we actually did discuss this stuff mm. you actually did describe the type of ending you wanted for that character right of him as this this sort of uncontrolled you know he's very self-destructive right and his specific outlet was violence that yeah. he had lost his hope and his will to live and whatever, and he was expressing that through the one thing he knew, which was violence, with really in the end, he wasn't looking to commit suicide, but he wanted to die on that path. Right. And your
3: final scene... There's only one inevitable outcome for him unless he just completely gave up everything he was, which he was never going to do. And your final scene
0: was like this Thermopylae-type fight Mm -hmm. where he's just the one man against this horde of these fairly advanced intelligent alien beings. It was at the peace signing.
3: Because the, the universe, peace was BS. Yeah, the universe was going to, to, to sign a peace, but the good guys, humans, and all the good aliens and stuff, were going to capitulate to these other guys, this other right. faction. And, and the, the and,
0: character's background was his character was too violent, and mine came from an alternate reality, which is a science fiction future of the real earth. Cause this took place in like some other dimension or something. And humanity had been very successful. And he's like, I can't watch this happen to humanity, even in another reality. So this was unacceptable to us. And
3: even though we more or less brokered the peace, it's when we got the people to the table, they basically were like the, Everything uh, you'd worked for, they pissed away. Right. Right. And then they just capitulated. Yeah. They
0: totally and, rolled over.
3: And so at the peace treaty signing, my character attacked their leader and killed him i mean it was like you know the the, the room it's not a whole lot of people around and there's this big fight there's a big warrior race and there's this big gigantic fight and my character killed him and decapitated him and then walked out to like the balcony where all of their people were and then he held up the head of the leader yeah, which that- caused them because they're all this warrior race stuff to Basically, I mean, there wasn't even a scene, right? They just flood over, and they, they, my character dies, but the pieces destroy,
0: destroyed. Which was the intention, because yes. it was, it was n- no peace at all. And he died, though, mm. atop this, you know, I mean, he killed a lot of these guys on his way down, in addition to all the things that occurred up to that point in the plot. But, you know, sitting there, he walks mm-hmm. out that head, and they charge him, And there was a whole lot of ass whooping before they finally overwhelmed him and took him down. Conversely, how that story ends for the character I was playing, just keep in mind Mm -hmm. that his background is he's a force of nature. Not in the sense that he's that powerful, but in the sense that he is that unmoving. He believes in what humanity is capable of. He believes in its dignity. And he was not going to accept humanity living On bended knee to this alien race. And at the the epilogue of the game, which very well could have ever had a, a second part, never did, but at the epilogue of this, he had managed to gather some warships, I think actually one or two of which were from his Earth. So they were like wildly advanced because the humans in that reality were way beyond anything that was in that galaxy. So, I mean, he has these like two or three really, really, really advanced warships and this kind of motley flotilla of these other species and their ships and such. And he's sitting at the bridge or the, the TACCOM or something of his flagship. And he sees that alien fleet out there, which is really freaking powerful in its own right. And it's like, okay, now the real war begins. And that's where it ended was both of those characters. Mm -hmm. See, who says gaming stories are bad? This is awesome. <laughs> but, but the point is that both of those characters, we because we discussed this, because we talked about why we enjoy playing these characters and where we wanted to see them go. And it allowed the game masters, because we actually rotated jamming that game, it allowed the game masters one by one to collaborate on getting us to that destination. Right. But if we had not had those metagame conversations, that never would have occurred. Yeah. And, you know, this is, I've talked for some time about going back and doing a version 2.0 of the group template. And if I did, I really do think metagame type questions are one of the things that I would want to add to it. Because your bromance with this, this Pete guy may have <laughs> gotten us talking about it here. This is something that's been part of our gaming, even if only subconsciously, for many years. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're going to wrap this one up. Once again, check the show notes. If you want to see what counts as a porn site for Brodor, which is imagininggames.com, uh, all jokes aside, seriously, do check out this Dream Chaser game. Pete's a good guy, and it's it sounds like a neat game. I, I only had a chance to skim it, mm. but I hope you guys will take a look at it. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. yeah <laughs> This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2016. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy network of shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com slash network.